Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fintech Findings, the show that makes sure you have your ear to the ground on all things fintech, from banking, lending, and regulations to payments and platforms. Each episode features prominent guests from the industry discussing the challenges and opportunities we face in finance today. My name is Alexis McCabe Agmar, and I'm the marketing director here at Tink. I am joined today by a very special guest, Julie Chatterjee from Multitude Bank. Hi, Julie. It's really nice to have you on the podcast today. Hi, it's a pleasure. So nice meeting you. Likewise. And can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and Multitude Bank? Absolutely. So very briefly about myself. So yeah, my name is Julie Chatterjee and I'm the Chief Commercial Officer of Multitude Bank. And I'm also the Tribe CEO of Sweet Bank. Um, and I have worked almost two and a half years for Multitude. Uh, before Multitude, uh, I worked for 16 years. Yes, 16 years, but of course in different positions <laughs> uh, for Sweden's second largest fuel company, OKQ8. Maybe some of you know about uh, OKQ8. Uh, and I actually started there as a trainee uh, and worked several, several years uh, within their retail business. And the last six years, I was the CEO of OKQ8 Bank. So I have a pretty good know-how when it comes to both retail and banking, and I am passionate about both. Uh, and also, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Multitude, uh, our the bank and the group. So Multitude, the group, uh, is a growth platform helping fintechs to rapidly grow and scale, uh, creating what we call fintech success stories. So as a fintech, you can access four components within the Multitude platform uh, to help you grow uh, in a very rapid way. So the first component is funding. So through Multitude Bank, you can get funding. Uh, the second component is that you can take advantage of our regulatory compliance and credit risk knowledge and know-how. Uh, that we have gained through being active in 19 countries, actually. Uh, and we also have 18 years of experience. Uh, the third component is that you can access our IT infrastructure and our tech support. And last but not least, uh, being a part of Multitude's ecosystem, you as a fintech can access cross-resource and cross-selling opportunities uh, yeah, through the other fintechs on the same platform. So the multitude, uh, the vision of multitude is to become the most valued financial ecosystem. And today, inside of this ecosystem, we have uh, we are supporting three fintechs, and we are also funding several companies. So the three fintechs are Sweet Bank, uh, which I am the CEO for, which is a shopping and financing app bringing flexible financing solutions to underserved customers. We have also Ferratum, which is uh, your wingman for everyday finance for consumers. And last but not least, we have Capital Box, which provides finance for SMEs, which we believe uh, is the backbone of the European economy. So, yeah, that was a little bit about me and about Multitude. 
Such a good introduction. Thank you for that. And for our listeners, in case you don't know, Tink has teamed up with Multitude Bank to offer a simple and secure digital financial solution to their customers in Europe. So the partnership is helping thousands of their applicants to verify their financial data, while Multitude Bank gains a deeper understanding of its customers. So Julie, can you share more detail about the partnership and the challenges Multitude Bank was facing and the solution as a result of it? Uh, absolutely. So yes, the partnership with Think uh, it really enables us. I would say um, more. It's more of um, not a challenge, but the partnership with Think it enables us to become even more data driven. Because I would say we were already data driven, but with the solution from Think, using your PSD two data solution, it's very accessible for us. Uh, and here I think that things different data solutions suits us and our business really, really well. Uh, so today we apply the data provided by T Think uh, during our, of course, credit assessment process to optimize approval rates. We use the data to enhance our customer experience. Uh, and last but not least, the data is also incorporated into our innovation work. Uh, so to be data-driven is, of course, a part of Multitude's DNA. And I think it's the same for Think. So this partnership uh, is, for us at least, both an enabler. It's like it enables us and it's a prerequisite to become more data-driven. Great. And I did do my research before this episode on Multitude Bank. And I was impressed to see that Multitude Bank has been developing digital credit decision solutions for the past 17 years. I'm interested to learn how long has Multitude Bank been using open banking for credit assessments and how did you do it before and what has changed after you started using it? Absolutely. So yes, we have been using open banking and PSD2 data ever since it became uh, available. And before PSD2 data, exactly as you said, we have always been using data for our credit assessment uh, process and also to simplify the customer onboarding process. So before PSD2, we used to scrape the data to do this. And of course, after PSD2 and after using Think, as I said before, it's a much easier way, a much more standardized way for us to incorporate PSD2 data in, into our business. Open banking, it's, it really enables a broad range of use cases and it brings benefits to all sorts of businesses. And this can range from instant bank payments for a checkout to yeah, helping lenders improve affordability assessments to digital financial health coaching. So which open banking use cases, in your opinion, is the best fit for financial institutions? Uh, so I think there are multiple use cases uh, for financial in institutions when it comes to open banking and, and PSD2 data. Uh, if I can elaborate a little bit about how we mm -hmm. use it today, uh, we use it mainly in three different areas. And of course, we are always striving to see, okay, uh, new use cases of, of utilizing the data. But today, of course, we use it in our credit assessment process. So, so 
the credit bureau data is of course good, but it gives us a backward looking picture uh, of the customer's financial situation as it doesn't contain real time data. But PSD2 data, it enhances our decision making by giving us an, uh, yeah, an existing and forward-looking depiction of the customer's financial situation. And some examples of data points uh, that we use are, of course, the customer's income. This you can get from, uh, from the credit bureau as well, but this is now real time. Also, we can see spending patterns. We can see customers' repayment patterns. And we can also see real-time loan exposure. So practically, this means that by using PSD2 data, some of the customers that would have gotten a credit or a loan from us won't get it because PSD2 data can improve our or are improving our understanding of the, the real-time uh, yeah, financial situation of the customer. And on the other hand, some customers that wouldn't have gotten a loan are now approved. Uh, so Think's solution makes us an even more responsible lender and we can approve credit where credit is due. Uh, then we also use the PSD2 data in our onboarding process uh, to enhance the customer experience. Uh, here we offer our customers uh, income, verif uh, income verification, which, is, which means that you as a customer don't need to upload your sal salary slip. And the process is automated, meaning instant approval or rejection. And here we are now looking at more use cases with open banking when it comes to improving customer experience not only during onboarding, but also during the customer's life cycle. And, and we have several cases and we have several initiatives now also in our roadmap. Uh, and then third, uh, last but not least, the third area where we use data is in our innovation process. Because the more data we can collect, the better we can understand the customers, uh, both their behaviors and their needs. But as said, I think these are the three main areas for us right now. But uh, yeah, PSD2 and the open banking data could be applied and used in several other cases as well. Yeah, so I guess there is no one one size fits all or one best fit use case. Um, it really sounds like you're leveraging the open banking in, in all all areas of the business and customer lifecycle, like you said. So. Yeah, really interesting. Thank you for sharing. And it, it's a good segue to my next question about like the macroeconomic situation at the moment. Um, and just to elaborate and provide some statistics from, from Tink, we, last year we surveyed close to 400 senior executives in banking and lending, and 68% of them responded that they had tightened the criteria for granting consumer loans. And as many as 70 to 80% of applicants are often were often being denied directly by traditional lenders. And as we also know, just by being in the industry or seeing in the news, insolvencies are continuously on the rise. Um, in June 2021, um, there was 1,691 company insolvencies in the UK, which was 40% higher than the year before and 15% higher than 2029. Oh, <laughs> 2019, sorry. So 
how did the economic situation over the past months and even the past years impact your business? Well, so when when COVID hit, of course, we as many other lenders, uh, we made an overview of our credit assessment process. I mean, amending policy rules, scoring, affordability parameters. And and actually, at the same time, the loan demand went down. So and and this is due to macroeconomic uncertainties when when COVID hit. So this impacted us um, a lot, unfortunately. Uh, but there is always something good that comes out of something bad. <laughs> so, so COVID made us as a group, uh, I would say, much more resilient. Our business model became even more relevant with digital banking and e-commerce becoming the new normal. Also, during COVID, we developed a more proactive credit assessment process with, uh, with PSD2 and Think being important components. And last but not least, we were able to optimize our cost. So, so today, I would say, even with a very volatile macroeconomic situation, multitude, we, I'm very proud, we overachieved the 2022 EBIT guidance. And we have a really positive outlook on the future. I mean, I know there are, will be challenges and there will be hurdles, but uh, I really believe that we will make a difference by you know, uh, yeah, aiming and reaching for our mission, which is to democratize financial services uh, through digitalization, making them fast, easy and green. And when it comes to, thank you for that. And when it comes to, the, it really is a good transition to my next question about financial inclus inclusion. And if I share a bit more of, of our consumer research we, we did last year as well, it revealed that over a quarter of the UK's self-employed struggled to access the financial services they require. And that led many to believe that the current system worked against them due to their employee employment status. And as proof through the consumer research, more than 15% of self-employed people had said that they had been rejected while trying to secure a mortgage, which is twice as much as the national average in the UK. So what are Multitude's objectives for a more financial inclusive landscape and how do you expect to put this into place? Yeah, the very good question and uh, very near to, I think, Multitude's heart and my heart as well. So I mean, for us, financial inclusion, uh, it's a part of our mission, as I said, like to democratize financial services. Uh, and already today, we try to help underserved consumers and businesses in different ways through, you know, our different uh, fintechs that I, I mentioned before. So, um, again, we want to approve credit where credit is due. And I think with our 18 years of experience and expertise within credit risk assessment, uh, we have the knowledge and we are on the right path. Um, we believe in financial inclusion um, and at the same time we are a responsible lender meaning our aim is to approve credit to customers that have the ability to to repay today and in the future and here i see that think and the psd2 uh, is a big reason for us being able to do both be a responsible lender and at the same time honor financial inclusion. So 
I hope that was an answer to to your yes. uh, question. But like for us, it it is in it is in our DNA to to include uh, our customers uh, when it comes to yeah different kind of financing solutions. Yeah, no, that definitely answered my question, and yeah, I think it's great that it's in the DNA of Multitude Bank and um, res- responsible lending practices. I think they are, I know as a tank, they're essential for for borrowers and lenders during yeah, not only during these difficult economic uncertainty times, but also to help promote and cultivate a more financial inclusive landscape. So really great to hear. And if we zoom out a bit. Um, open banking is still very new for consumer loans and loan origination in general. The adoption of open banking is still taking off, but it's much higher among online lenders than among banks, for example. If we Mm -hmm. take a look at the bigger picture here, how do you think banking will look like for consumer loans in five to 10 years? And how does open banking play into that, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a it's a good and very wide question, <laughs> but uh, um, I, I would say that, uh, or it goes without saying that digital banking is here to stay uh, for sure. Uh, and in general, if I just look at banking, I think that uh, this trend that we are seeing of decreased number of bank branches will continue. And, and I actually think that digital banks without any branches will be more common in 10 years' time. Uh, also, um, I think uh, we will see more digital banks on a pan-European and uh, global level, catering billions of customers. Uh, and this is thanks to further standardization of, of the regulation and, of course, of IT infrastructure. Uh, and here I see that PSD2, for example, and SEPA as well within EU are the groundbreaking. Uh, and so so are also Apple and Google Pay, of course, Visa, MasterCard, Payment Network. And these kind of uh, solutions will develop further and it will enable digital banks to scale globally. So, so yeah, here I think that... Uh, uh, PSD2, as I said, has a yeah has a really important role. Um, but I also think, uh, maybe a bit contradicting myself, that digital banking will also give us uh, a craving for human contacts. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think so. So I think that customers maybe in the future actually will be willing to pay extra to have like this personal banker that you used to have because uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's about your financial situation and your economy and it's quite important and then more on a general level last but not least i think that esg will play a much bigger role in banking than it does today and here of course also i mean to be a responsible lender is really important um we already talked about it yes you have financial inclusion um and maybe not versus being a responsible lender but how can you be become both here i think psd2 also has a really great role to play and it's an enabler. So uh, I think ESG, we know the why, it's pretty clear, but let's see uh, uh, what and how ESG will will develop. 
Um, and when it comes to maybe more like consumer loans uh, and the trend here, I think that on everybody's lips we have embedded finance. And I also believe that that will continue to grow. Uh, in the US, embedded finance is growing now within new sectors, which is very exciting. So you can see it's growing uh, in, in sectors like healthcare, home and auto repair. And I think this trend will also uh, reach Europe. And, and I think that embedded finance will continue to expand uh, in existing new areas, new industries and sectors. And of course, uh, all of this is digital um, and, the, and credit uh, assessment is really important in this uh, product. So again, PSD2 will grow there for sure and it will develop and evolve. And then last but not least, I think that within, uh, within the lending sector also, flexible financing will accelerate, uh, accommodating the customer's need just in time. Uh, and what I mean with that is that the customer will be able to instantly finance a purchase, uh, be it through a debit card or a buy now pay later transaction, maybe a credit card. It could be also through a sales finance solution uh, or a traditional prime loan. Uh, and after the purchase, the customer will be able to switch between different solution solutions, meaning that, you know, maybe I purchased something on my debit card, but end of month, I want it to be a part of my credit card uh, transactions instead. It will be easy to just, you know, shift from debit to credit. And maybe I have a very high credit card debt and I want to transfer that to a prime loan. And I think this uh, is flexible financing. And this is something that we will see more and more happening, that it's very flexible for the customer. And of course, also the way I, I as a customer want to repay my debts as well. Uh, and I think all of this will be inside of, you know, it will be with one click inside of one platform or one app. And mm -hmm. of course, again, PSD2 is, uh, is an enabler here and a prerequisite for, its, uh, for this to, to be um, as uh, intuitive and seamless as possible for the customer. Uh, so that yeah, that is what I see, and and I also see that Sweet Bank, where where I'm the tribe CEO, this is exactly what we want to bring to our customers. We we want to empower our customers financially, um, and for example, through these flexible financing solutions. So you know, you as a customer can you know focus on fulfilling your dreams. Uh, so, yeah, I see a very exciting and um, I would say bright future for, for both banking and lending uh, 10 years from now. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. But yeah, I think you, you said a lot, but uh, it was all, you know, digital, person to person, ESG, embedded finance, beyond financial data and, and new industries, fluid, flexible financing. I think the common denominator here, and, and you said it at the end, is you know, things will be digital, automated, instant, really putting the customer demands first and even predicting it before it happens. Um, so really, really interesting. And this is actually uh, 
the last thing I wanted to discuss today and we're out of time, but I really want to thank you, Julie, for joining us. It was really nice to have you on the show and hear your thoughts about Tink, the partnership, Multitude Bank and PSD2 Open Banking. Thank you and thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. And a big thank you to everyone for listening in. I hope you found it interesting and insightful and we wish you all a really good day. Thank you. That wraps up this episode of Fintech Findings. Thank you all for tuning in. Join us again next time to find out more about the developments in the fintech space. If you want to be notified about upcoming episodes, follow us on LinkedIn. Thank <laughs> you.